0: If you want to support the show, the best way you can is through any of the books or current ongoing Vela shorts that are being released on a regular basis. The easiest way to find this is to go to bitbit.ly slash tmrbooks, and you'll have links there to everything. All of my Kindle books are available for free if you have Kindle Unlimited. You don't have to pay anything. You get it with your subscription. You can read them all. They're all in screenplay format. That includes Swan Song, The Muse's Duet, In the End. Our past does not define us. Anything else that I've written that's available on Kindle, it's available there. You can buy a soft cover if you want. Uh, there's a hardcover collection of all of the Swan Song books, all combined into one. That's available as a hardcover. You can pre-order Echo Alpha, which is coming out in November. All of these things are available. If you go uh, on Amazon, but quick link, if you go bit.ly B-I-T slash tmrbooks, I have them all there, nice easily cataloged. Also down toward the bottom, we have the Kindle Vela content. Uh, the first three episodes are always free. And then after that, um, there's a token system that you can use to, to, you know, read. Even if you don't like it, just give it a thumbs up. Uh, that way we can get it up higher. So more people see it. So one final time, that's bitbit.ly slash tmrbooks. And every Wednesday, there's a new Vela book that goes up. Taser and Acrobat, Nanite and Rosebud, Tales from Another World, and The Alchemist and the Illusionist. All go up on Wednesdays, and it's all available on uh, Kindle Vela. All of this is available at bitbit.ly slash the tmrbooks. Sorry to overload the front, but before we start, one final thing. If you can please go on Apple Podcasts, if that's how you listen, and give us a five-star rating, that would mean a lot. We're trying to get on to Rotten Tomatoes and sites like that, and we need to get more reviews to be accepted. So if you can go on and give us a five-star review there, that would be amazing. Uh, Thank you very much. Um, We appreciate everything you guys do when you listen. This week on 30 Minute Reviews, delays. We know why New Gods got cancelled. Release dates for Pinocchio, Miss Marvel, and Andor. And we're going to talk about Pikmin Blue, as well as a listener question. All this week on 30 Minute Reviews. Welcome to 30 Minute Reviews. I am Adam. So let's just get rid of some of the other things before we dive into some of the deeper topics. Um, So let's start out with um, The Eternals. We had their opening box office. The movie came out. I loved it. If you want to hear my thoughts on it, you can go to um, uh, Beware of Spoilers. I did a a review there on my way home from seeing the movie because I was tired. Very good movie, definitely worth seeing, um, despite what other reviews have said. Um, if you're looking for a ponderous, like, look at Marvel, like, like a like if you want Marvel to take the approach, uh, like a filmmaker-driven approach, where they let the filmmaker do what they want independent of the universe, then definitely a movie for you. If you had a problem with what they did to Edgar Wright, this is a movie for you. Um, it opened to $71 million, which is... Not great. It's the lowest Marvel entry of the pandemic um, era, where it's, you know, Black Widow, Shang-Chi, and this. This one's the lowest. Shang-Chi was slightly better, but it had a four-day weekend. I don't remember the exact number, but it, it did 71 million. I mean, it did more than Thor and did more than Captain America. and it, I know it's, you know, accounting for inflation. So that was like 10 years ago, but, you know... It's going to get a sequel. Um, it seems like this is kind of going to be an integral part to um, the MCU going forward. Because of how it deeply it dives into the semantic work of what the Celestials do. And all of that. So, you know, $71 million, not great. I think the production budget was close to $200. Um, it'll turn a profit, I feel. Um, plus, it'll be a driver for Disney Plus subscriptions. But... I don't know. It's definitely worth seeing. Um, so, seventy-one million was the opening weekend. Uh, it'll probably take the weekend this week too because this weekend is pretty light. I think Belfast is the only movie that's new coming out. Shang Chi is going to Disney Plus as is Home Sweet Home Alone, but you know we'll see where that goes. Um, so we have that. Um, we also have um, a little bit of news about Black Panther too. Now, Black Panther 2 was supposed to come out in July, if I remember correctly, of last year. Then, a few weeks back, Marvel reshuffled their entire release schedule because they um, production delays um, were happening. Um, really, what ended up happening was I think that they have kind of hit a, uh, a wall at this point where it's like, we can't delay anything else to or, or reshuffle the schedule in any way because it's kind of a serialized story. I've likened it to television where it's like, you know, sweep week, week and the season, season finale of The Avengers, and, and that's how it kind of goes. And you, you can't really reshuffle the order of episodes because it's kind of serialized in that regard, and you can't reshuffle the episodes and have it make sense. Like, if you're watching, like, season five of The Flash, you can't reshuffle the episodes around because it's integral to the story and which way it goes. So um, they've gotten to a point now where they can't do it, and Multiverse of Madness was kind of... Marred by production issues, they lost their director and had to get sent. They had to hire Sam Raimi, and then COVID happened and they had COVID related shutdowns. And then the movie picked back up, and they just wrapped filming on it like a few weeks ago. And it was slated to come out in March. And they've been hard at work on post production work, but they weren't going to hit that deadline. So they pushed it back to May that they'll be able to hit. And then they just kind of scooched everything down to adjust, with the exception of Guardians 3, which kept its release date. In May. Um, but. Um, Black Panther 2 has currently had its production shut down. Due to an injury by Letitia Wright. Um, she got hurt a few weeks back. And they've been kind of shooting around it. Shooting other people's scenes. And other, all that kind of stuff. So that way production doesn't hit a complete standstill. But now they have to halt production completely. While she recovers from this injury. And will be halted until 2022. Now. The Flash movie comes out a week before. Um, opening opposite the David O. Russell movie next um next november that movie wrapped the week after fandome so we're not quite a month removed from that movie being wrapped on principal photography but it's it's done like they they're just doing post-production work on that movie now um i'm not an expert i don't think that if if they come back in in january and they maybe they're just gonna treat it as reshoots and maybe that's how they'll do it they'll treat the scene she hasn't shot yet as reshoots which could lead to some roughness but i don't think they're going to delay the movie again if they do delay the movie again it'll it won't be swapping release dates it'll just be pushed back by a few weeks maybe into december um well no that wouldn't even work because if you push it back to december that would be cannibalizing avatar and they wouldn't want to do that because avatar 2 comes out in december 2022 um so i I think maybe they push it back to the end of November. Maybe make it the Thanksgiving movie next year. Um, I don't know. Um, but that's really the only thing I can think of. Um, and how to make that work. Um, so. Um, more power to them. I-, I hope it works out for them. But I, I can't guarantee that it's going to work. Okay, so the next big discussion I want to get into is the delay of Rogue Squadron. Now, yesterday or two days ago, my days are all blurred together. It was announced that the Rogue Squadron movie that was slated for release in 2023 has been indefinitely delayed by Disney. Um, And not just has the movie been indefinitely delayed, but they pulled the Star Wars date from the release slate. Like in 2023, like where they would have pulled it and put Untitled Star Wars Movie, there is nothing in that slot. That slot is now completely empty, and any movie can take that December 2023 Spot not specifically Star Wars, like any enterprising studio can put out a movie. Maybe that's where Jumanji will end up. Uh, maybe they'll throw a DC movie in there. Maybe they'll throw a Marvel movie there. Um, maybe they'll throw Blade or something. I don't, who knows? Um, but that's all you know. That's empty now. Um, now the the comment said that they are hoping to be able to. Um, continue with this uh, with this movie um, once Patty Jenkins fulfills her pre-existing commitments, and it seems her pre-existing commitment is Wonder Woman three, which was announced to be in full active development at um, what's it called at DC Fandom. Linda Carter coming back, uh, Gal Gadot coming back, and they're just you know going with that, and and that's full steam ahead. That's happening, so I can see that this movie is. Being delayed over that, I I, I get that. Um, what I here's here's what my my bigger, broader issue is. Um, twenty twenty three is the only like in twenty twenty three there were two Lucasfilm properties being released. It was Indiana Jones five, and that for sure was happening. And there also was um, Star Wars Rogue Squadron. Those were the two Lucasfilm properties coming out in 2023. Here's here's where this whole thing kind of gets murky. Um, the other two dates that Lucasfilm has in the 2020s for the entire decade are December 2025 and December 2027. Those are the two untitled Star Wars movies. Now, we know that um, our, our friend... Um, Taika Waititi is working on a Star Wars movie, and we know that Kevin Feige is in development on a Star Wars movie. This week, it was rumored that Chloe Zhao could be taking that. Um, And last I heard, Chloe Zhao was doing a Blumhouse Dracula movie um, set in a science fiction Western setting, which sounds completely batshit, but I'm all on board for. And looking at what, you know... What this, you know, like, how does this work? I think that, you know, Taika can take the 2025 or neither. But, like, what are they going to do? Start adding in additional dates, like, for Star Wars movies? And then this highlights a broader issue I have with Lucasfilm, where it's like they only have three movies or four movies in development total. they got three Star Wars movies and an Indiana Jones movie. That's it. Like, there is the Ryan Johnson trilogy, which I don't think has been completely shit-canned. Like, I think it's still a thing, and it's still in, like, development. I don't think it's been completely canceled yet. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, and someone will, because bringing up Ryan Johnson is never a good idea. But, you know, last I heard, that movie was still—that trilogy was still in development. And now with rumors that Chloe Zhao is circling a director job on— the, um, the, uh, the, the Kevin Feige-led Star Wars movie, um, and there are rumors it's going to be High Republic, that all sounds great. That sounds like a great mix of, you know, period to director to producer to, you know, IP. All sounds great. Um, ultimately, though, the other project that is in development at Lucasfilm is Children of Blood and Bone, which was previously optioned by Fox, um, I believe, and then it got canned out of Fox when Fox um, was bought by Disney and then realigned into Lucasfilm. And I think what Lucasfilm has to do is kind of become like an imprint to an extent that focuses on creating great science fiction content, great visionary science fiction content, and, and telling these stories... And this person I'm looking at in this parking lot is an asshole. It's a two-lane road. And he's outside of a store in the fire zone on this two-lane road blocking one entire lane of traffic. Um, but, you know, th- they need to treat it like an imprint. And be like, here are some of the best science fiction and fantasy books, you know, on the market. You know, video games and all that kind of stuff. And we're going to tell stories. And it's like remake the black hole um I watched the black hole last year or two years ago at this point it's all kind of blurring together um and it's a fantastic movie um and it, it's it, it, it's it's great move that over to Lucasfilm there's a Tron movie coming move it to Lucasfilm and and if Disney doesn't want to do that because Disney wants to keep that like you can have Star Wars as this this thing and it can be a ratings driver for Disney plus but at the end of the day it's like at what point will we hit a saturation point with this? Where, um, what's it called? At what point will we hit a saturation point where Disney Plus subscribers won't be adding any? They won't be adding any more subscribers for Star Wars TV shows because they've already hit the the max. Like, they've already, they, like, there's no one else, there's no new Star Wars fan to be got, they have hit the, the line, like, at what point does that happen? And then when that happens, what then for the studio? Um, they need to start branching out, and, and Star Wars is great, and, look, I'm looking forward to Andor, I'm looking forward to, um, to, to Ahsoka, I'm looking forward to Mandalorian, I'll begrudgingly watch Book of Boba Fett, but at at some point, you need to branch out and do other things. So if I'm Lucasfilm, what I'm doing is I'm going out. I'm like, hmm, who can I option? What's going on out there that I can do as a story? Like, I'm I'm going out. I'm going to—I'm sending someone to a fucking Barnes & Noble and looking through the YA section, YA uh, fantasy and YA science fiction, and being like, what can I acquire? Like, what hasn't been optioned yet that I can do? I don't think The unwanted has been optioned yet. Why don't you do that? That would that, be a great thing for you to do. Um, there was a, a YA kind of science fiction-like fantasy story that I wrote, Counting Stars, which is, you know, by um, Claudia Gray, if I remember correctly. She's already in the Lucasfilm system. She, she does, um, she does, uh, some of the, um, the, the YA Star Wars novels. See if you can option, um, um, that one. Like, oh, no, Falling Stars may have been the the Star Wars book. Um, like, Becky Chambers has, um, a series of, of science fiction. Bring those in. Like, I read, um, Battlestar Suburbia. Fantastic book with really interesting visual ideas. um that would be good for Lucasfilm. Um, like go to Ted Chang like I'm not saying it's not be a marketable franchise but like even if they went and like okay, we're gonna go to like Ted Chang's work and be like, okay we're gonna option like um, like what was the one that I really love um, life cycles of software objects is is one of my favorite shorts from from Ted Chang um, option that. Go out, option that, do that as a series. And and Lucasfilm can do that on, like, it can be done. I would say probably Hulu more than Disney Plus because there's, like, you know, oddities to it, but, like, that could be done. Like, you can do a theatrical version of Disney is, is the Anxiety of Freedom, um, which is a great short. And it's, like, you can attract, you can be what Warner Brothers is in terms of, like, tour. Uh, filmmaking, which auteur, auteur theory is simply bullshit, where it's like, you know, if you are a dictator on set, you're not doing your job as a director, like, it's a collaborative filmmaking process, and here's the thing, if, if you're, if you're gonna do this, and you're gonna be one of the tentpole franchises, like, you know, Disney Animation doesn't put out one, if they put out one movie a year, that's enough, but, like, this year they have two, they have Encanto coming out in two weeks, around Thanksgiving, and then they also have, uh, they had Ryan and the Last Dragon earlier this year, um, Pixar had Luca, and that was it this year, but last year they had two, next year they have at least two, if not three, they have Turning Red, and then they have, um, fuck, uh, Lightyear, are, are both next year, like, uh, Lucas, and, and then on top of it, it's like they're also doing Monsters at Work, they're doing a ton of other stuff too, not just that. Um, And I think that for Lucasfilm to be like, oh, we'll put out a Star Wars TV show once a year, maybe twice a year, and then we might do a movie every few years, that feels like it's not going to bring in as much revenue as they need to. Because at the end of the day, how much money is being brought in from the Bad Batch? Like, how many subscribers did Disney Plus pick up from the Bad Batch? Um, How many subscribers will they pick up from Book of Boba Fett, and then once they have those, how many going to leave after Book of Boba Fett, and then come back for Ahsoka, um, or come back for Mandalorian season three? And I think that's a fundamental question that they're not really addressing at Lucasfilm. I think that's something that Lucasfilm really, really, really needs to work on. Um, so I, I I think that this is just highlighting that issue more than anything else. Um, so. Next up, we're going to talk about, um, very briefly, Hogwarts Legacy is not coming until April 8th, 2022. Apparently, that's a leaked release date based on a UK um, retailer. I don't know how accurate that is. That isn't always true. Um, the next story is going to have a little bit of discussion. Um, so, for a while, it was in development that um, uh, fuck, um, Tom King... And Ava DuVernay were developing a New Gods movie. And this was canceled. Um, either, I think it was earlier this year. Um, and it was announced that it was going to be out of development. We have our first comments about why it was canceled from Ava DuVernay. And apparently, according to her, what happened was the Snyder Cut happened. And because the Snyder Cut happened... Um, the uh, they didn't want to mix up the characters. Now, I have a problem with this, because fundamentally, what what this is is they're canceling her movie, and the new gods aren't nearly as um, what's you for As, as uh, like deep in the roster as say the Eternals which is what Marvel was doing Marvel has done the Eternals is out now and uh, i mean look i I'm only belfast comes out this weekend i might go see the Eternals again cuz that movie is phenomenal um and I, I i i'm looking at like you know this these characters like yeah people are have a familiarity with granny goodness and with dark side and and you know to us with the sad and you know, Scott Free and and Mr. Miracle and, and all these people, but you get a chance to tell a pretty unique story because, like, the to the general audience, you, you may have some people who remember them from the TV show, from Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, but it's not something that is particularly well-known to the movie-going public at large. So you get the opportunity to do this in this really cool way and and, and really develop... And if there's anyone at DC who's equipped to do a New Gods movie, it's Tom King. Because he's got an Eisner Award for his run on Mr. Miracle. And it's a fantastic book. Um, and, And I think that, like, canceling hers for the Snyder Cut is indicative of a larger issue. Where it's like, we're going to dump, depending on reports, between 20 and 70 million into allowing Zack Snyder to finish out his movie, and we're going to cancel this other project that has the same characters because the other characters appear in passing in that movie. Like, like yeah, like, Dark Darkseid's there, and even, like, younger Dark of is there, too, and, and it's like, yeah, you get that scene with Granny Goodness, and the Saad has kind of the same role as that motherfucker from the Avengers, um, and Steppenwolf is there, and, and, and all of that. Like, it doesn't seem like a deep enough thing where it's like, okay, we got we to gotta shit everything. Um, and, and if that is the case, it, it, it's kind of like, what's going on at Warner Brothers is the question I have, where it's like, you're going to abandon this project entirely. And, and, and maybe, you know, Eternals is going to turn the tide. Eternals is doing moderately okay. And, and maybe that will turn the tide and let it happen but I I feel like if we're going to cancel this movie because the Snyder Cut already used the characters, like, The Flash is on season 8. And admittedly, the show will be ending after the season in all likelihood. I think it's been announced that this is the last season of The Flash. Like, this show, between the announcement of The Flash movie and the end of The Flash, and and the release of The Flash movie, will have done 8 seasons. Like, that's a thing. There are 5 iterations of Batman currently in active duty across DC properties. Like, there are two Superman. Like, Supergirl just ended yesterday, but there's another Supergirl there. For the new gods to not be able to handle a cameo there and then a new movie, it it feels like it's a pretty messed up thing Uh, for them to do that, if this is accurate. This is her account of what happened, and I have no reason to believe that she's uh lying but if this is the case it seems kind of messed up for them to do um a new story that broke right before i went on um and it's possible the other news broke but i will cover that uh this saturday or sunday when i do the disney plus day special um for equal time like i did for dc fandom um there are three broad release windows announced um Pinocchio, the live-action Pinocchio remake, uh, Miss Marvel, um, the live-action Marvel Studios TV show on Disney+, and Andor, the prequel series to Rogue One about Captain Cassian Andor, um, are all confirmed for quarter four of 2022. This puts it between July and September of 2022 because Disney's official calendar is a little bit wonky um, because it doesn't line up perfectly with January to December. Um... So, yeah, so we're just out of, like, um, we're we're in quarter one now. Um, So, yeah, that was just announced. Um, Let me see, what else? Do I have anything else that I missed? Um, Okay, so let's talk about the leaks from No Way Home. So, spoiler warning. So, here's the thing about... The No Way Home leaks. Ordinarily, I wouldn't comment on leaks. But at this point, due to how little the marketing has been on No Way Home, I'm convinced that the leaks are orchestrated as part of the marketing. Like, let's look back at, like, everything that's happened this year at Marvel Studios and how little has gotten out prior to No Way Home. Like, we didn't know that Sophia DiMartino was playing Lady Loki. I think it was just assumed she's playing Enchantress, which it's kind of interchangeable if you watch the show. But, like, Kang appears in the finale of Loki, and that didn't leak. Like, the pictures of both Sam in full Captain America regalia and, um, and Wanda in full Scarlet Witch regalia didn't leak um, until the episodes happened. Like... Shang-Chi facing off against a deep 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 um Doctor Strange villain um didn't leak until the release and and neither did for that matter Ben Kingsley's appearance in the movie um and and that's that's a big deal like none of that leaked and like the plot of the Eternals and the plot twist in Eternals didn't leak um until the movie came out and neither did the cameo at the end. And I'm not going to spoil that because it's too new. Um, but there's a cameo at the end um, that is not who I said it was in the Beware of Spoilers review I did. Um, like, that didn't leak. And, and the thing is, too, the other big cameo that was, uh, that was leaked weeks ago, that didn't leak until it was screened. Like, so all of this kind of happens. And, and none of it ever leaks. Meanwhile, No Way Home... Just can't go three days without a leak. Um, And I think that's kind of a big deal. Um, Considering that, like, if Marvel doesn't want us to know something, we won't know it. Like, they paid Michael Rooker to show up on set um, for um, Infinity War. Um, Knowing full well that he died in Guardians 2. Because if he didn't show up for set in Infinity War, it would have spoiled the fact that he died in Guardians 2. Like, they go to great lengths to keep spoilers from getting out. And somehow, they keep having these pictures from set and and things like that that leak out about um, Spider-Man No Way Home. And it makes no sense. It makes no sense as to how this just keeps happening. And, you know, they're just like, ah, whatever. Like, the latest leaks. Like, like there were leaks earlier this week that were like... Or last weekend, and usually I don't comment, but at this point, I got to a point where I'm like, this has to be marketing. This has to be marketing. There is no way that this is not marketing. Like, like even look at the last Spider Man movie and how secretive they were with that. And it's like, we didn't know that J. Jonah Jameson was reprising until we saw it in theaters. I'm sorry, J. K. Simmons was reprising as J. Jonah Jameson. We didn't see that, know that until we were in the theater. Like, we didn't know Ben Mendelsohn was in the movie until we saw it in the theater. Like, we didn't know that that guy from Iron Man was reprising until we saw it in the theater. Like, these are all things that could have leaked and should have leaked if it was active and, and this was happening, but somehow this doesn't happen. And it's not... We can't even say, oh, it's a Sony thing because, like, Venom... There were no leaks of Venom or Let There Be Carnage or there's been no leaks of Morbius and there's been no leaks of... And there was no leaks of No Time to Die, which is also a Sony thing. I think it was distrib- maybe it was just distributed by Sony. But still, it- it's kind of weird that this can't go two days without, like, a picture of all three Spider-Man suits appearing on set. Like, come on. Like, th- this is definitely a marketing thing, which is why. Now, the latest thing, and the reason why I'm saying this is definitely a marketing thing, is um, a picture came out from the John Campeo show. Um, I think that's how they pronounced it. Um, is, and and this picture that came out is, first off, there's one of all three Spider-Man in costume, Spider-Man in costume together. Then the other one is, um, the one I'm more interested in because it's like, we kind of knew he was going to be in the movie because people keep asking him and he kind of like started getting so beaten down. He's like, guys, please stop asking this. I can't tell you. I'll get fired. Um, and it is a picture of um, Aunt May and Happy and um, Peter Parker sitting in the, in the apartment with a certain lawyer from a Netflix show, that being um, Charlie Cox's Matt Murdock, um, in the scene. Um, and here's the thing about this picture is, it, and this is the thing that kind of, like, encapsulated why this has to be marketing, is the picture isn't, like, a, a picture from set, it's, like, a picture off of a computer, like a picture of, like, a computer screen, and it feels like something where it's, like, okay, can you just, here's something you want, we want you to release, just, just, like, put this out on your show, and it'll, you will give you something to talk about, and we can, we can, you know, do it there, um, so, it, it, at this point, we're at we're at the point where it's like it's the worst kept secret in Hollywood. It's like Alfred Molina went out and did an interview. We're like, yeah, I'm in that movie, and it's like, oh, he released it. Oh no! And then like when they released the name, they made it seem like like they were playing around with that idea that it was leaked, and it's like it feels like why pay a marketing person to put together a trailer when you can release stills, unfinished stills from set, and be like, oh, look what we found, and it's like. Oh, look, Tobey Maguire's going to be here. And then everyone's going to show up to see, like, wait, did Tobey Maguire come back for the first time since 2007 to play Spider-Man again? Like, it'll be 15 years, because that movie came out the same year as Ratatouille, and that was 15 years ago. Well, not 14, because, you know, it's coming out in December. But, like, it, it's definitely a marketing ploy at this point um, for, them to be, for this to keep happening. And I think that the reason is that it keeps you talking about this, and then there is something else coming in this movie that they don't want you to know about. Um, and I think further what this tells is the rumor that Wilson Fisk will be appearing in Hawkeye gets a little more credibility. Because if if Matt Murdock is appearing in No Way Home, then there's no reason why... Um, what's it called? There's no reason why... Uh, um. Wilson Fish can't appear in Hawkeye, especially when, you know, Fish's daughter is the bad guy. Um, and, 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 you know, the thing that I keep thinking that's going to be the big reveal that they haven't quite touched on yet, um, I, I keep saying it's going to be Miles, because Miles does exist in this universe, where it's like we talk about when when, when he meets Prowler in, um, in Homecoming, he's, Prowler says, I got a nephew. Uh, I want to keep the streets safe for him. We don't know how old the nephew is. And we if he didn't get snapped. He could be Miles Morales. Uh, as, as you know. Spider-Man around Peter Parker's age. And that would be. Cool. I mean there's, there's all. Me- like We're playing with the multiverse. There's no reason why. Like Professor X doesn't show up in this movie. There's no reason why. Mr. Fantastic from the 2005 Fantastic Four movie. Doesn't show up in this movie. Like. We're playing with the multiverse already. And it's like, Jamie Foxx, we know, is on set. Spider, um, uh, bleh, Tom Holland accidentally um, dropped that in an interview. Like, we knew it. Like, that's the thing. It's like, it's all done so like, oh no, I accidentally gave away information I wasn't supposed to. It's like, oh, shut up. Like, it's all just marketing at this point. Like, they're just playing with that. And, and it's like like, that picture that got put out for, um, for, uh, No Way Home, with, like, all three Man on set, and then on top of it, um, Matt Murdock there, they're framed so perfectly that they look like production stills, like, the kind of thing that, like, they would put out before the movie comes out anyway, if this were any other movie, like, it's, it's that kind of thing, um, so, like, you know, I think there's something bigger in the movie that they're trying to distract us and keep our attention from. It's either that or they're just like, this is what we're gonna do instead of a trailer. We're just going to release these things through sites and let the, let them let it take its course and, and hope for the best. Um So so yeah, so that that's it for the spoiler warning. And before we get into our review of Pikmin Bloom, which is the latest Niantic release, um like Pokemon Go. I want to talk about a story that broke yesterday. Um, I'm probably going to pronounce the name wrong. Weta, Weta Digital um, has been bought by Unity for $1.165 billion. This is big because this company, and I'm not going to, have to pronounce the name again, um, is the the company that um, did the motion capture. They're a big motion capture company, Peter Jackson's motion capture company. That did the motion capture, not just for uh, Gollum in *Lord of the Rings* and *The Hobbit*, but also did the motion capture for the Apes in *Lord of the Rings*. Now, if I understand this correctly, Unity you can download and use for free. Anyone can download Unity um, and, and use it. As long once you make a certain amount of money, you got to pay to use it. But anyone can use Unity. If this is like Blender where they're acquiring it and then it's being used by anyone, I, it seems like they're open sourcing the software where anyone can use you know, use this and, and not have to pay extra because it's like, that is, if that's the case, and I'm reading this right, that's huge for filmmakers uh, and amateur filmmakers. Um, we're now the only barrier to do motion capture. For anyone who wants to get into motion capture... And cinematic quality motion capture... Um... Is, is the... Um... Is the ability to get the tech... Like you don't... Like anyone will be able to do it with Unity... If they learn how to do it... And that that's a big deal... Um... If that's the case... Um... I could be completely wrong... Um... But either way they're using it as part of their metaverse... You know they want to be the thing that people use to build metaverse on... Um which Disney announced they were getting into Metaverse today a little bit in their investor call, um, which is not surprising. But, you know, it's the kind of thing where it's like, you know, why do D23 as an event that only those who can afford to fly there can when we can do a virtual reality version too? And anyone who pays can go to it. Like, why wouldn't they get into that? Um, So, yeah, it's a cool kind of thing that's, you know... That, that that happened, and it, it feels worth noting. Um, so, our next thing is Pikmin Bloom. This is going to be quick because the game isn't exactly deep, and I played it for two days and deleted it. Cause I just, it's not fun. And, and here's the thing about Niantic's other games after Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go, it appears, is an anomaly. Um, in terms of how fun it is and how how long it's lasted and how well it works, where it's like two last week or two weeks ago we talked about how Wizards Unite already is closing. Um, it doesn't seem that... Pokemon, like, Pokemon Go pulls a billion dollars every year. I don't think that Pikmin Bloom is going to pull that much money. I think it's going to last longer because I think that they're going to... Like, Nintendo's going to be willing to put money into it to keep it running. But it's... Like, there's nothing fun about it, like, it's it's a walking thing, and you, you hatch Pikmin, and then your Pikmin follow you, and you plant flowers as you walk if you press a button, and it's just, you know, it doesn't, there's nothing fun about the game that makes it worth playing, like, like Pokemon Go, the idea of collecting Pokemon is the draw, and it's like, there's such a wide variety of Pokemon that it can sustain a game like this. The, the idea that Pikmin could also do that is kind of weird, in a way. Like, it doesn't make sense to me that, you know, you, there isn't the collectible aspect of Pikmin. There's like six different types of Pikmin in total. And then it's like, and there's no battling, there's no raiding, there's like, there's waiting. There's like sending Pikmin out on expeditions and then waiting for them to come back. But that's not fun, like, that's just getting me to open the app again later. Like, there's nothing about this that's, like, really dragging you in and making you want to play it more. It's like, alright, you're gonna tally my steps? Fine, tally my steps, and, you know, we'll, we'll play that. But it doesn't, there's nothing about this game that really screams, I need to play this more. Um, unlike, say, Pokemon Go, or even Wizard Unite, which Wizard Unite was very shitty. Um, and I don't think Pikmin would work. Um, unless you know Adventure Sync could come out for Pokemon Go, but I I, I just I, I gotta say, not a fun game, not worth playing I, in my in my humble opinion. Um, and there's just not enough going for it. Like at least like Niantic when they made Wizards Unite, it felt it was a carbon copy of Pokemon Go with different names and different skins and a slightly different gameplay mechanic, but you know this isn't too deviated it's it's deviated but there's nothing added to the game to make it more interesting like like both like Pokemon go and wizard unite both had a capture thing where you would go and you would you know catch the things you catch confundables in, in wizard unite Pokemon and Pokemon go Pokemon Go had Level Up, Pokemon Go had Evolve. That was not in Wizard Unite, but Wizard Unite had, like, you know, if you catch enough of them, it will level it up, and you would get more stuff, if I remember correctly. I haven't played it since I played it the first week. Um, and then comes, like, you know, that happens, and that's cool, but then comes, uh, what's, what's the next one? And then there's rating. Which is, both of them had it, there was like the towers in, in Wizards Unite, where you would go to the tower, you would put in a stone, and it would, you would battle things, and you would get stuff. And then, you know, raids and gym battles in Pokemon Go. Um, there is no equivalent in to either of these things in Pikmin Bloom. Um, the only thing there is, is the egg hatching and portkey hatching. Which is not fun. Like, that's not the part of Pokemon Go that anyone goes to Pokemon Go to do. And it's not like you have even the the gacha box style like lottery of what's going to come out of it, like you do with the port keys and the and the eggs. It's you know, okay, here's a red seedling. Plant the red seedling in a thousand steps, you'll get a red Pikmin. Like okay, cool. Like, and then you feed the Pikmin, they get little flowers, and you get more um, what's it called, more petals to plant more flowers, and I haven't found a need to, t- all it does is make the Pikmin hatch faster, like, all right, cool, I guess, like, yeah, fun, like, and, and, and then what happens is if you don't check your expeditions before you go to work, like, I didn't, like, what'll happen is you'll have to send them on an expedition for six hours so that they have to go and come back to, like, right around your house, um, and, they have, and the Pikmin have to walk the entire distance, um, and it's kind of slated to real life. How far the, how like how long it takes them to walk that distance? It's just not fun. Um, so maybe if Pikmin Bloom adds more features, maybe it'll be worth playing. But right now it's not. Um, and we have two listener questions. Both of them are video game related. Number one was from someone named Mike, and it was a question about what video game franchise that's been dead or long dormant would you bring a new increment uh, iteration to? Um, and I've said it before, I'll say it again. Um, I think if there's any video game franchise that I really loved that only got two installments, Mercenaries, um, and then Mercenaries Two: World in Flames, uh, I think a third one would have been really cool. Um, it's got this cool open world, fully destructible environment. Um, it's so fun to play. Um, and it's a shame that Mercenaries 2 has not gone to backward compatibility on the Xbox, um, because that game, I've, I've played through, like, I played it on the PlayStation 3, I played it on the Xbox, and I had it for a computer. It is so fun to play. Um, that's one that I would, um, I, I would definitely bring back. And the other question is, with multiverses, uh, coming, what characters would you put in multiverses, considering the characters that are already there? Um... Let's see. So it's Warner Brothers. So it's the entirety of Warner Brothers' library. Um, so let's say I, I know what's going to end up there. It's going to be Paul from Dune. Um, Paul Atreides is going to be there. Maybe Cheney too. Um, that's cool and all, but I would do um, Leto Second, the God Emperor. Um, that would be my, my big pick. Um, but that's not going to happen, because that's a pretty deep, you know, pull from it. Uh, unless they do, like... See, here's the thing, is that if there are alternate skins, like, they could do Mandy from Prime Emerald's Ability and Mandy Episode 3, which is a parody of, uh, of God Emperor of Dune. Um, and they can use that Halloween costume from Spirit Halloween of the, uh, the President of the Sand Planet. Um, so those are both, like, that's an option. Um... Mad Max, I think he's already in the game. Um, But, you know, who knows? Uh, Who else is there? Um, I heard a rumor that LeBron James could be in the game. Um, Let's see. Uh, More seriously. Now, Warner Brothers has Scooby-Doo, obviously, because Shaggy's in there. Um, Maybe Jabberjaw. I believe they would have that, too. Yogi Bear. Um, Billy and Mandy would be a cool thing. Um, Any of the characters from Codename Kids Next Door would be cool, um, and, and I feel like, uh, what's it called, um, that would be, like, any of that would be cool, like, dig into Cartoon Network's vast library of characters, and just pull some out, and say, we're gonna put them in this fighting game, like, Dexter would be cool from Dexter's lab, um, or Dee, Dee even, um, like, and, and if you have Warner Brothers deep bench of, of characters, you can, like, if Pennywise isn't in the game, I would be genuinely surprised. Um, like, I feel like Jack Torrance could be there. Like, that's a very valid option. Um, let's see, who else? Carrie Bradshaw from Sex in the City could be there. That would be cool. Um, Tony Soprano. I'm just listing off HBO characters at this point. Um, uh, whoever Bill Pullman played in Big Love, that'd be cool. Um, yeah, they, they have a pretty deep roster of characters they can pull from. And there was one other, where, where, where is that other one? Um, ah, uh, here it is, okay. So, I, I did bench this one because I'd already answered it on a past episode, but, uh, I had a thought yesterday while I was at work that, you know, of how I could expand this one, and I didn't put it on the list because I made the list yesterday before I had the thought, but the question is... With Netflix doing a Pokemon TV series, what story would you do? And looking at this, looking at the the wide array of Pokemon stories that have happened over the years. There have been 25 years this has happened. And excluding just the mainline games, where it's like red, blue, yellow, you know, gold, silver, ruby, sapphire. Like, to start with, if I have to do a mainline game, it'd be ruby, sapphire. Because those games, I have played so much. And I have sunk like my copy of Ruby before it got reset had over four hundred hours logged in that game um over ten years. Um and in that game I can I can I can go deep, I can go long, I can do anything in Ruby Sapphire Emerald. I can I can tell that story all day. Um if we're going non mainline, um and we're doing any story we want, like know kind of how Detective Pikachu wasn't um any story from the, the movie, from the games or anything. I would go with Pokemon Coliseum. Um, and let me tell you why. Because there is an interesting story to tell in a region where there are no wild Pokemon. And there are, are no routes to go through between them. And there, like there's no Pokemon there, just a desert. Um, and, and you know, everything's kind of these little oases in this desert. Um, the idea of shadow Pokemon, you can get a lot of mileage out of. Um, and the thing that really caught my imagination as I was as I was working is the raid the raid is a very simple story you gotta get from the bottom to the top of this building what if we did that with Pokemon and I was thinking hmm where could we, where could they do that with Pokemon and it's like battle frontier well that could be an option and then there's also the idea that what if this is the way that they are, Isolating out the best and most powerful Pokemon to turn into shadow Pokemon. Is to see who can get to the top of this tower. And then whoever gets to the top of the tower gets uh, wins money. But no one ever wins the money because they have a shadow legend at the top of the tower. Um, maybe go with something beyond where they got in the game. And do like shadow like Giratina for that. Um, or do multiple shadow legends um in this tower and 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 expand beyond just the first 386 pokemon like there are plenty of avenues to go with this story um cuz you can do an espionage kind of story with this guy who just escaped and and it's like there are so many options to go with and th- that's 100% the story i would tell is um colosseum XD style um you know doing that that would be that would be where i would go um also Ranger, I think, has a lot of opportunity um, for interesting storytelling because it's anytime they deviate from the traditional format of eight gyms, bally eight gyms, go about your you know, go about your, your day. It, it lends to greater opportunity in storytelling. Um and I think that, you know, Ranger would be cool on the Switch. Like independent of everything else. But if they did that, and, and they went through this, and it was kind of like you know, we're going to um, we're going to to tell this story. It goes to a conservation story with Snap, and it's like I think that's where they should go. If they're going to do a story, and it's not going to be like retelling one of the generations, like you can do Generation Five, because Generation Five is a is a you know, it's as opposed to the rest where it's like you know, like evil teams, it's like you know, Pokemon Mafia, and then it's like we're going to increase the oceans by making it rain, therefore... Like, the, the plot of Team Aqua is really fucking stupid. Like, because it, it's like, we're going... Okay, so, like, we're going to summon this thing that makes it rain, and it's going to ex- expand the oceans. It's like, okay, but where's that water coming from? And it's like, oh, shit, all right. Like, um, unless it's, like, magic rain that just comes out of the sky out of nowhere. Like, and then the idea where it's like, you know, Groudon's gonna, like, on story would work, cause, it's like, okay, he's making it fully sunny, and it's going to, you know, make all the water go away, like, it's dumb pseudoscience, but it still kind of works a little bit better, but either way, it's stupid, but, you know, and then you get to Gen 4, where it's like, I'm going to unleash the being of time and space, so I can become a god and rebuild the universe in my image, which is literally the plot uh, of Diamond, Pearl, and Platinum. So when you play that game in two weeks, spoilers, um, it's batshit. It is complete batshit, the plot of those games. But, like, Generation 5 is kind of back to this, like, you know, the the idea of are we enslaving Pokemon to make them battle? And it's like, should Pokemon, because they are sentient beings, be forced to do this? And then, like, that's what the battle between... And, and, and the protagonist is, is it's this, this idea of, like, morality, and, and, you know, that's where black and white comes from, it's black, it's morality is not black and white, um, so, it's a, it's a cool thing, like, I think that, like, if they went there, that'd be cool, but they're not going to, um, they would definitely go first and foremost with, um, like, probably telling a more traditional story, like, if anything, uh, I think that you can get a lot of stylistic opportunity out of gens two and three, um, and then again, Tall CMXD. You can get a ton of stylistic choices out of out of those. Um, and then we'll bring in oh, Mirror Blade, Who plays JB Smooth as as Mira B? Call me Netflix. Um, with that, we'll wrap up for today. One final announcement. I am pleased to say that Echo Alpha has wrapped, it has been formatted, it has been fully uploaded, and it is all set to go for the release date, which is Black Friday, which is November 26th. Um, Very excited about this book. It is the story of what happens after uh, the muses, um, and it is leading into a truly, like, Batshit crazy multiversal adventure um, for for the for its sequel and then it's it's, then the end of the trilogy um, leading into a like a fucking event. I'm I'm so excited about this. Um, you can pre-order it on Amazon if you search Echo Omega. I'm assuming there's not too many other things with a similar title. It'll pop right up. Um, otherwise, if you go to bits b B-I-T i t l y slash t m r books. Um, the, it, it's down there at the bottom. Um, next week's Alchemist and the Illusionist is a light tie in. Um, and it's going to be fun. Um, I'm looking forward to that too. And then we have, uh, we're going to be introducing a few more ongoings, uh, for those of you who are interested. But we also have, um, Taser and Acrobat, you episode three. Um, I believe that Nanite and Rosebud episode three is up now. Um, and it's, it's, that's leading into a, um, an interesting kind of revenge thriller where it's like, you know, Taser and Acrobat is a very simple, like, you know, it's a, it's a comic book kind of, but in, you know, serialized fiction format, um, where it's, it's, you know, a little bit Spider-Man, a little bit Green Lantern, and then it's like, you know, cosmic shit happening all around, um, Night, Night and Rosebud is a revenge thriller, um, where, um, Dr. Griffin gets blown up and fused with a robotic suit, so she goes out to revenge to find out who was the one who put her there and who set up the thing to explode, and it's, it's a, it's a, you know, an adventure like that. Um, and, and this last week we introduced a character for the first time in these, in these ongoing comics who's gonna have a much bigger role going forward. Um, if you've read the other stuff, you'll know exactly who I'm talking about when you read it. Um, And then uh, Alchemist and the Illusionist is magic. Like, need I say more? Um, I think we're going to do a fantasy one. It's going to be the one I'm launching um, in December. Um, That'll be the the big launch in December. Um, Maybe a cyberpunk one. Um, And I'm teaching myself something in an effort to release something else. Um, and that will be totally different from anything I've ever done in the past and anything we've done on the podcast, anything we've done in, in the books, it'll feature familiar characters, but it'll be totally, totally different in terms of format and release and what you can do, uh, with anything we've done before. Um, so I'll keep you posted on that, uh, and we'll be back next week. Well, actually we'll be back Saturday, um, because, um, Friday is Disney Plus Day, so, Saturday, we'll have the roundup of news from Disney Plus Day and the relevant trailers and all that kind of... No, I don't want to say bullshit, but bullshit. So, you know, we'll be back with that then. Until then, have a great rest of your week. Do you like the show? Do you hate the show? Are you indifferent to the show? No matter what, you should probably let us know what we're doing so we can change it to better suit you, the listener's needs. You can go to either bitbit.ly slash BOScontact, which is a contact form page you can use, also, you can just email us directly at 30minutereviews at gmail.com. If you have questions that you would like us to answer, we can answer them on the air. We have a few questions every week that will be selected to be answered on air. Um, so if you want to tell us what we should do, or if you have a suggestion for a movie or a TV show or something we should cover, go to bitbit.ly boscontact and also email us 30 reviews at gmail.com.